0: And I think I mean I've seen kind of the the rise of internet marketing from when it was, you know, if you had a Twitter account, you were streets ahead to all this kind of shiny, intense content that's just being pumped out every day. And I don't want to contribute to the noise unless I have something valuable to say. I think people are overwhelmed and they have had enough of, you know, this free ebook and that free email course and all of the stuff that gets thrust at us. And I think this is what fascinates me. So it's
1: something that I'm more likely to stick to. When I first heard about this idea of a community project, I was dubious. It sounded an awful lot like a tele-summit, which I'm on the record for calling bad marketing. My beef with the vast majority of telesummits or online summits is that they've evolved to serve the needs of the organizer and nearly no one else. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the concept, it's when someone organizes an online event, solicits a bunch of speakers with good-sized email lists, and then has those speakers promote the event so that the organizer's list grows by leaps and bounds. The pitch emails I still receive for telesummits, even after writing a 3,000-word screed against these marketing events are egregious. They are full of jargon, doublespeak, and quid pro quo. So you can imagine that when I heard about someone organizing a bunch of people creating content around a theme and using it to grow an audience, I wasn't impressed. And then I talked to Ellie Trier. You're listening to What Works, the show that brings you candid conversations with small business owners about what's really working to run and grow a small business today, regardless of the hype or latest gimmicks. I'm your host, Tara McMullen. Ellie Trier organizes community projects for introverts and quiet revolutionaries. Her goal is to raise the level of discourse around a topic, bringing people together and growing audiences in the process. I was so impressed with Ellie's approach and how it tied to our own values and philosophy at What Works that I actually hired her to help us with our first community project coming out in August. Ellie and I talk about why it's so important to her to deep dive on important questions and involve a diverse set of voices in the discussion. We also get into the nitty gritty of how Ellie's community projects work, how she plans for them, and how they help her reach both her audience building and sales goals. And yes, I even ask her how a community project is different from a Telesummit. Now, let's find out what works for Ellie Trier. Ellie Trier, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I'm excited too. I love this concept. So the concept we're talking about today is community projects. And we're going to get into what that is and how you came up with the idea and how you kind of manage these things both for yourself and for your clients. But first, um, I want to start with how you position who these kind of community projects are for, and why you build your audience in this way, because you say these are designed especially for introverts and quiet revolutionaries. And mm-hmm. I know that a lot of listeners um, to this program <laughs> would identify as exactly that. So the place I want to start is asking you about the challenges that you've run into as an introvert or as a quiet revolutionary when it comes to growing your audience and marketing your business.
0: I think the biggest problem certainly for me and I think for a lot of of introverts as well is that to to grow an audience particularly on the internet in this weird world that we live in these days it requires a lot of visibility like you have to be on it consistently all the time um and for for people like me that's really exhausting. Like we need lots of time to kind of withdraw and, and recharge our batteries and come up with like the next big creative idea. Um, So I think that, uh, yeah, being introverted kind of also means that you have limited kind of social energy. So it can be really difficult to find the right people to have conversations with, you know, because some people are more kind of draining than others, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so finding, finding those right people, going out and kind of being on the hunt for the right people to talk to and, and, and the right people to, to market to and sell to. Um, I found it exhausted. You know, I've been doing this, well, not this business, but I've been in online business for 12 years now. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've – this – the community project thing is the best way that I have found to show people who I am, make a big, very, very visible splash, um, and then I can go back to my my natural state, which is kind of having really deep one-to-one conversations with my kindred spirits, um, and I don't have to go out and find them because the project has brought them all to my door.
1: Aye. Love that as from one <laughs> introvert to another. <laughs> um, I can really identify with that. And I, uh, maybe we can come back to this later on because I want to get mm-hmm. into what a community project actually is. But what I'm hearing is that you're kind of building sort of like that cyclical show up and then rest, show up and then rest mm-hmm. kind of uh, rhythm into the way you promote yourself and your business. Um, and that really resonates with me and what I've found works for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's talk about it. What is a community project?
0: Okay, well, community projects come in lots of different shapes and sizes, um, from a like a five-day challenge that somebody runs by themselves to the big extravaganzas that, that I run, um, which are essentially, they're sort of online events where a bunch of complementary business owners and thinkers and and artists and people with ideas come together to discuss one particular topic or question. Um, And every every one of those 30 people, they run over a month, so it's usually about 30 people, each one of them submits their their contribution in the form of an essay or a video or or an audio, Um, and they are drip-fed out one a day over the course of a month. And then there's a conversation community part of it, which is usually something like a Facebook group or the one I ran most recently. I actually experimented with doing it on Instagram. Mm. Um, and that's where I would put like a little a prompt or a conversation starter and get people kind of talking about what that person's contributor had, had mentioned
1: in their, in their contribution. Got it. So how did you come up with this idea?
0: I think I'd seen kind of similar-ish things floating around the internet. Um, and I really liked the idea because it seemed to be, oh, like you can do like a really, a uh, a big meaty kind of piece of content without having to create the whole thing all by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the projects, I've put them all together in a, in an ebook and I've actually uh, published them as paperbacks as well. Because oh wow. They're that, they're that good. <laughs> um, <laughs> But the first one I did was back in, I can't remember, 2015, 2016. um, And it was called Demystifying the Artist. And it came about because um, I used to be a professional illustrator. um, And I was speaking with one of my artist friends. And she is the epitome of the professional artist. Like, she exhibits all over the world. She gets commissioned by hotels and shapes and cruise ships um she makes a full-time living just from her artwork and she was saying yeah that's all very well but I'm not a real artist because I don't do paintings oh wow she does these beautiful like fine paper cut work and I said oh don't be ridiculous if anyone's not the real artist it's me like I just do like draw silly little pictures and put them in (laughs) books and luckily we both at the time realized that we were both being utterly ridiculous right um, but the, it really kind of stuck with me afterwards. Like, why do we both feel like we're not proper at the professions that, you know, we make our living from? Um, so I, I gathered together a bunch of my artist friends and I asked them all like, what does being an artist mean to you? Like, what actually is it? And why is it so hard for us to kind of step into that and claim that title? Um, and yeah, I've got fantastic uh responses from my people and they all came out with these incredible vulnerable deep essays and I put them all together and I I put them out via the um via the email um just it wasn't I wasn't thinking of it as a marketing thing or anything like that I just thought this is a really important conversation that we need to be having because we are being told by society that we're not good enough and I'm not having that Mm -hmm. (laughs) um Yeah, it was it was just an experiment, and it blew me away. Like, not only did we have, I think it was about seven hundred people in the end signed up to get the daily emails. Um, We had another few hundred people in the in the Facebook group, and it was just incredible. Like, people were were sharing their own resources. Like, collaborations were being made, friendships were being made, and people were just like, "Oh my god, this is like balm for my soul. I needed to hear this." And I thought, oh, that was that was a bit good. <laughs> um, so I thought, you know, well, maybe it's just a flick. So I ran a few more. And every single time we had this incredible response and the people who would come into my world were the right people that I wanted to work with. Um, and it just it just kind of all fell together. And it was it was mostly just kind of browsing the internet, seeing what other people were up to and thinking, oh, I like, I like that bit of that thing and that bit of that thing and that bit of that
1: thing. And how can I pull them all together and make something that, that works for me? I love that. One thing that strikes me about this is that I think we have this perception of marketing as being very surface level and that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you kind of have to wow people with something like I said, pretty surface level, you know, pretty uh, pretty uh, easy to digest. And then maybe they'll pay you money and you can go a little bit more in depth. Um and I, mm. you know, even the culture of the internet tells us that, you know, people's attention spans are so short, and they're not they're interested in sound bites. They're not interested in depth. But this idea is purposely positioned and purposefully utilizing depth as mm-hmm. a way of standing out what has been your experience of kind of i guess leaning into depth as a unique part of why people would join in versus trying to make something a little shinier i
0: think for me i'm not really interested if it's not deep if it doesn't if i'm doing something that doesn't feel valuable and important and I think, I mean, I've seen kind of the, the rise of internet marketing from when it was, you know, if you had a Twitter account, you were streets ahead yep. to all this kind of shiny, intense content that's just being pumped out every day. And I don't want to contribute to the noise unless I have something valuable to say. I think people are overwhelmed. Um, and they have had enough of, you know, this free ebook and that free email course and all of the stuff that we get that gets thrust at us. And I think this is what fascinates me. So it's something that I'm more likely to stick to. I have a really hard time like sticking with stuff that, that just doesn't feel right. Um, and also in terms of my audience and the people that I want to work with this ticks all their boxes like they they're desperate to go deep they're desperate for real connection and real um exploration of ideas you know and on the internet to do something for 30 days is kind of an eternity yes and it's something that you know every single person that i work with says is 30 days going to be all right aren't people going to get overwhelmed and i have to tell them like, just. Just watch and see what happens when you give somebody enough time to absorb the information, to go away and have a life, and come back, and it's all still there waiting for them um, to be able to see the
1: same faces kind of every day. Um, like people value that so much. Yes, I totally, I totally agree. Oh, I love everything about this. Okay, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's t- let's look at the business side of things because it's one hmm. thing to create. Um, amazing, in-depth, fascinating content that pulls the right people together. But it's another thing Mm -hmm. to say, this is how it relates to my business. And this is how it's moving my business goals forward. And I think both of those things are important. And I would assume that you think the same thing. And I Absolutely. um, Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because clearly this is something that's working for you. And so I want to get a better idea Mm -hmm. of what that actually means. How are you... let me rephrase that. When or what are you looking at in terms of goals, business goals, when you're putting together a community project? What are you working toward every time you invest this kind of energy into a project like this?
0: It kind of depends on what my business needs at that particular point in time. So, um, my background, my kind of day job before I went off on my own, was in marketing. Mm. So, and I did, when I first started being self-employed, I did marketing consultancy. So I've got like 15 years of experience behind me from the marketing perspective. So the key thing, and I think the difference between a community project that kind of is a lovely thing, but falls flat business-wise, and one that actually helps you achieve your goals is having the right strategy to start out with. And that's a big part of what I do, both when I'm setting out to do my own community projects and also when I'm helping clients do theirs. Like the biggest chunk of it is the strategy part, right at the beginning. Um, so that's basically kind of figuring out what your objectives are, like, because um, they can they can do so many things, you know, just depending on on you know what the theme is and who you ask to, to be involved and all the rest of it. So, for example, um, my my main kind of goal for the project that I've just done, which was redefining community. Um, And it was all about how to build your business community in a kind of introvert, friendly, gentle, peaceful way. Um, And the reason I chose that theme was because the people that I want to work with are the people for whom that theme is going to hit them kind of right in the guts. They're going to be like, oh, my God, I need I need this, Um, which means that they have come to me. And what I'm doing now, I mean, the project ended um, a week or so ago. And what I'm doing now is going through everyone who signed up for the project, going and having a look at their website, going and seeing if they're the kind of person that I really want to work with, reaching out to them and saying, you know, hello. Oh. So and I've got I've got a whole pool of people to 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 reach out to, you know, Um, and they already know who I am. They already know what I stand for, what my values are, what my business is trying to do. Because even though I wasn't the one in their inboxes every single day for a month, my name has been attached to that. Mm-hmm. And there isn't very much in the online marketing world where you can be invited into someone's inbox and social media feed every single day for a month. So it accelerates that kind of no like, trust factor exponentially.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious how you plan out the projects that you're going to do for the year? Is it something that you sit down in January and you say, okay, this is this, these are the themes that I want to cover. Here's how each reflects different business goals that I have. Is it something more organic? Can you kind of walk us through the sort of high level planning process that you use? Yeah, sure.
0: I think when you're doing something this big, it is, it makes such a splash. It is so big that you need to kind of be mindful of how, um, how your audience is kind of feeling about it. So I don't do projects more than twice a year. Um, because doing a project for one month gives me at least kind of five or six months of, uh, exposure, basically people to contact people to, people to talk to people are still talking about it for quite a long period of time afterwards. Um, And it also takes a while for all the opportunities that come out of the Mm. projects to kind of go through and and deal with all of those. So, um, like stuff like this, being invited onto podcasts, being invited to do um, classes in people's membership groups, you know, all that stuff comes out of of these projects. And it takes a while to kind of deal with all those opportunities. Uh, And you can't be running a project at the same time as, as, you know, keeping up with that level of, of other stuff um so i i my aim is to do them once a year um because there is still a lot of other stuff i mean i started this business only in september last year so i'm still very much in my first year and i'm still kind of putting all the building blocks together but from 2020 i will probably be running them twice a year and it will depend very much like in terms of the theme it will depend very much on what I want to achieve next. So it either bringing more people in to kind of convert into clients or whether I want to, uh, if I have some particular people that I would like to develop relationships with, um, then I can ask them to be contributors because there's a lot of conversation that goes on when you're dealing with your, your contributors. So it's a really good opportunity to kind of develop that relationship a bit better. Um And that often leads to a ton of opportunities as well. Or, yeah, just kind of sending up a flare and say, look, I'm still here. I'm still doing this thing. I'm still on the Internet. And this is the awesome thing that I do and come and have a look. And often the theme comes out of the conversations that I have been Mm -hmm. having. Like, I get any kind of content I produce, any kind of uh, program or course I create all comes out from conversations that I have with the people who are in my audience. I listen to what they need, what they're struggling with, what their questions are. um, And that's a big part of kind of knowing what, what topic is going to really, you know, set them on fire.
1: I love that. So it sounds like there's quite a bit of future thinking and there's quite a bit of paying attention to what's happening organically and just being Mm -hmm. guided toward what the right next thing is as part of your future thinking plans. I, I, again, I think that is going to resonate with so many people that are listening. That's how uh, I think a <laughs> lot of people would like to function and they feel like they've got to put themselves in some other box. So I, I so appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing that as a really good example of how we can do both um, and do it really, really well. You'll hear more from Ellie on her community project process in just a bit. But first, a word from our What Works partner. What Works is brought to you by Mighty Networks. It's time to simplify your business and your life. Creating content, building a movement, and leading a community is hard work, but it doesn't have to mean hassling with a host of software services, social media platforms, and customer management systems. Mighty Networks is the simple way to bring people together, deliver high quality content, and spread your message, all while making your business easier to run too. Mighty Networks combines key functions like building a community, online course management, content creation, networking events, and even payment processing so that you have an all in one platform for running your business. We use Mighty Networks to power the What Works Network. We offer a behind the scenes look at podcast interviews, post members only events, help members network with each other, facilitate ongoing conversations about important topics, and collect membership fees. It's so much simpler than the collection of apps we'd cobbled together before. Plus, our members love managing their benefits and membership all in one place too. Start simplifying your life and business with Mighty Networks. Get started free of charge by going to MightyNetworks.com. That's MightyNetworks.com. Um, I'd love for you to share some of the logistics of how you actually put one of these community projects together. How do you reach out to contributors? How do you organize the entries? How do you load things into your email provider so that, you you know, you know that it's going out at the time that you want it to go out? Can you you walk us through some of those logistics?
0: Yeah, well, I have, uh, now that I I'm offering this for clients, I have a really like super tight Mm. process. So I follow I follow my own methodology, basically, which is fantastic. Um, it means that I've got all the kind of uh, templates done and emails written and everything is just doop, doop, doop. When I, first, when I first did my first project, the Demystifying the Artist one, it took me about 200 oh. hours to pull it all together. And now I can go through it in about 20, 25 hours over the course of about three months. That's amazing. So it's tight. I love it. <laughs> um, So, yeah, basically, it starts off with figuring out kind of what the idea is. Um, And that comes, like I just said, it comes from kind of what objectives do I want to meet? What do I want this project to actually do for me? Um, And that kind of gives birth to the to the theme or the topic. Then I choose um, who I want to be involved. And for me. I don't think about who has the biggest list. You know, this isn't, this whole process isn't about kind of farming other people's Mm -hmm. lists to grow your own audience. Um, It's a really big thing for me that every single person who is involved in one of these projects can benefit from it. And I have literature that I send to my contributors that say, like, if you want to get the best out of this project for your own business, here are some steps that you can follow to do just that. So I'm looking at, whose voice most needs to be heard on this particular topic. Um, and it doesn't matter if they've got an audience of gazillions or an audience of four, you know, it's, it's, if I feel like they have something valuable to add to the conversation, then that's who I ask. And with a 30-day project, there is more than enough room to have some, some people who are kind of just starting out with really exciting ideas and some people who are much more established. You know, there's room for everybody. Um, another thing which I think is really important, particularly in this day and age, um, is to have a really diverse mix of voices. Like if I see another kind of project or summit, which is all kind of white women in their 30s, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so I make sure that we've got, you know, a really wide range of ages and um, races, ethnicities, Um Gender is often a little bit more difficult because um, a lot of I only work with women, a lot of my clients only work with women. Um, but we're looking to find kind of uh, queer people, trans people, people who don't get their voices amplified as much in the world generally. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's a really important thing to be like inclusive and diverse. But the primary thing is whose voice most needs to be heard about this particular. I love that. And then I have um, I have kind of a set email that I send out. I tend to, if people have worked with me before, have done projects with me before, then I tend to send out, send out like a very short kind of, you know, I'm up to my old tricks again kind of email, which has a, a PDF document, which has the, the proposal, which is what I also use as the blog post, kind of talking about what the project is and why I'm doing it, um, and some submission guidelines. And if I don't know them so well, or if I, you know, they haven't done a project with me before then i'll send them much more kind of uh i hesitate to use the word formal because i'm the least formal person (laughs) in the world but something that kind of is is a bit more kind of explanatory about what it is and who i am and and that kind of thing And i organize everything in trello boards so keeping track of of who who's replied to me who's not interested who needs a bit more time to think um all of that kind of stuff uh and then i set a deadline for people to get their submissions to me. And from that point on, it's a bit like herding cats. <laughs> people that are often late with their submissions or haven't read the email properly. Or so there's there's quite a lot of that kind of um emotional admin kind of guiding people through. And people who need an extension and then they see what everybody else is writing. They're like, oh my God, I'm not worthy to be a part <laughs> of this project. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're fine. I chose you for a reason because I think you're awesome. So you know, it's all good. Um, so once the submissions start getting in, that's when I start kind of setting up the, the technical side of things. Um, I use MailChimp and, um, I just set the, uh, set up like a base email with the information that all the emails are going to have. So, uh, the link to the Facebook group, the link of where to go if you've missed an email or you've signed up late or the, the, the design and everything. And then it's just a case of copying and pasting in the content and scheduling it. Uh, With Mailchimp, it's fantastic because you can like replicate Mm -hmm. the previous email. So just replicate it and then copy in the day two's content and so on. Um, And as I'm doing that, I also kind of read through, proofread through the the submission or watch the video or whatever, and come up with a conversation starter based on that um, submission. So. Thanking um, whoever whoever it was that contributed, pulling out any questions they've asked uh, the the uh, audience um, or anything that's come up for me while I've been reading it, um, and then I'll schedule that at the same time in Facebook group or on my Instagram scheduler, um, depending on where the kind of community aspect. And once that's kind of taken care of, that's the kind of the bulk of the work, and then. So the, the the project is already kind of set up and ready to go before it begins, and then the 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 bulk of of your of your time and your energy is just going in like replying to people's comments. I try and operate what I what I've recently found out is called a starfish model of community, which is like letting letting the community being self sufficient. And if somebody leaves a comment, I don't actually have to be the one who right. jumps in and and replies to it straight away. I let the group kind of do its own. Communitizing. <laughs> <laughs> and um I ask each of the the participants if they would show up on their particular day if they would come into the group or onto the Instagram feed and answer questions and be around to kind of um to talk about it and I, I do stress that um if they want this to benefit their business, if they want being a part of this project to benefit their business, then it's going to really behoove them to, to be there and to talk to people and see like, what people are saying about what they've said. Um, and then as far as promotion goes, another one of my big things um, is that nobody is under any obligation to promote the project. Um, I feel like, you know, it's your project, it's your responsibility to promote it as much as possible. Um, And I provide kind of as much material as I can. So graphics and um, like swipe copy for social media updates um, to make it easy for people to share if they want to. Um, But I think a big part of getting people to share is getting them. Uh, inspiring kind of ownership of the project themselves. So you're kind of communi- community building right from a very granular level. Um, so I always refer to it as our project. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I if people send me emails saying, oh, my God, this is an amazing project, then I forward those onto the group as a whole and say, you know, look at this fantastic thing we're creating. And I find that is far more effective in terms of getting people really on board with with this is my thing and I want to share it with people than just saying, well, you have to send out five emails to your list and you have to do three social media updates and, and being really kind of didactic.
1: That is so smart. And yeah, I mean, people have asked me for years, well, how do I get more people to share this, you know, the interview that I did with them or, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. is. And it's like, give them something to be really, really proud of mm-hmm. and they will share it. Yeah. And that's really all it takes. And yes, make it easy with graphics or posts or prompts that they can utilize just to make it to make it easy. Yeah. But the main thing is getting that buy and getting that ownership. I love that you coach your contributors or not coach your contributors, but kind of almost do team building yeah. with your <laughs> contributors. It's so brilliant. It's so smart. OK, so we've kind of danced around this a little bit. And mm-hmm. as we start looking to to wrap up, I want to. I want to call it out and and pull out some of the things that you've said about this and just kind of get your take on this as well, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, you just mentioned, I don't tell people they have to do five solo broadcasts. I don't tell people they have to promote this. Um, and I think that speaks directly to a lot of the ways where banding together, you know, creating... Um, you know, pulling people together to build our audiences can go wrong and has mm-hmm. gone gross in the last 10 years, right? Yep. And I'm thinking telesummits are a classic example, not to say that all telesummits are bad or evil marketing, uh, but there's a lot of bullshit out there when yep. it comes to um, that type of promotion and you have mentioned so many different things uh, in this conversation about how what you're doing is fundamentally different and the kinds of things that you've put in place to make that happen. Um, But I'm wondering if you can speak just a little bit more directly to how you have set up your community projects so that they don't cross the line into something that is manipulative or gross, but instead have um, the whole integrity of the experience behind it. Uh, Can you speak to how how you've developed that the strategy and logistics to support that? I
0: think mostly it's about uh, what your intention is when you're going into doing something like this. Mm. Um, and my intention, first and foremost, is to talk about something important, like to to share something really deep. I want to personally connect with interesting people and have interesting discussions and talk about stuff. And I know that as a result of that, I'll get brilliant benefits for my business. Um, But I think if you go into it with, okay, I want X number of new people on my mailing list and I want, you know, this, this, and this, then you go into it with, with completely the wrong energy. Um, Excuse me for being a bit woo woo but no. <laughs> I, I think I think it really matters you know if you if you go into it with with no expectations or few expectations knowing that you have a sound strategy knowing that you've done everything in your power to make this as as attractive to the people that you want in your business community then it it has a completely different energy the whole project has a completely different energy the whole you know, the way that you're you're dealing with your contributors has a completely different energy. The way you ask them to share it, and promote it has a completely different energy um, than if you're going in going, oh, I've only got, you know, I wanted a thousand people on here and I've only got three hundred and fifty. And that means it's a terrible failure. And, mm. and then you get really kind of bitter and resentful about this lovely thing that you're creating. <laughs> And I think I think understanding that the way that we do business on the internet is undergoing a fundamental sea change at the moment. Yeah. Like there is there are ripples which are getting bigger and bigger from people who are saying, we have had enough of the old models. We have had enough of this six figures in six minutes kind of bullshit that's proliferate. Proliferated. Oh God, I can't say that word. Can you edit that out? Proliferated. <laughs> teeth back in um over over the whole internet you know we're told that we need to be bigger that we need to scale that we need to have this massive growth if we're not making like six seven figures a year then we're failures and the the move that i'm seeing in in my community and in the community of my peers is that people are moving much more, more towards uh focusing on on relationships focusing on real connection focusing on humanity um and understanding more and more that the big people got big because they focused on that at the beginning. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. I completely agree. I mean, uh, having been in business about the same amount of time that you have, and Mm. like you said, kind of seeing these things evolve and seeing the trends change and morph over the years, I think what you are doing today is way more similar to how the people who are big, the people who seem like, you know, they poop rainbows. <laughs> those people were doing things like this 10, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've we've forgotten. And instead we've tried to just become them through flashy tactics or giant Facebook ad spends, instead of taking the time and the energy and the intention, as you've said, to bring people together, focus on relationships, focus on the human elements and kind of reap the benefits from there, which leads me really well into um, probably my second to last question, which is, <laughs> which is, what are some of the unexpected benefits that, you've got, uh, that you have experienced from producing community projects?
0: I think my favorite unexpected benefit is that every single project that I do, makes me fall in love with humanity. Mm. <laughs> they bring me, like the, the submissions that people, that, that people give me, the, the rawness and the honesty and the vulnerability of some of them just brings me to my needs. Um, one of the projects I did was, was called Naked Money, and it was about um, artists and money shame. And I asked my, my friends and my peers to share their shame stories about money. it came off the bat. I had a a launch of an e-course which had failed epically. Um, And I I shared it like what had gone on with my people. And and everyone was like, oh my God, like no one's this transparent about money stuff. So I was like, all right, (laughs) challenge accepted. And oh my goodness, some of the, the submissions that came back, I actually got back to the people and I said, are you sure that you want to share this on the internet? Like this is I've been in tears for half an hour reading this. It's so raw. And, and every single one of them said, no, you know, we trust you. We trust this space. We trust this community. This is this is stuff that needs to be heard, needs to be set. And I think that aspect of it, I had a, a client on the phone the other day and she was like, I've been in tears almost every day at how lovely this is. <laughs> and that, you know, how, how often can you say that about your marketing activities? It's just crazy.
1: Wow. I love that. I love that. And from someone who I don't think, you know, I, don't, I definitely don't experience it to the level that you do, but I think even mm. with the podcast and you know, when people open up about things and we go in a direction, maybe I didn't expect, but you know, we uncover some underlying story. It's the same thing. It's like, how, how lucky am I? How, how amazing is this that I get to do this for marketing? Yes. <laughs> it is such a privilege and at the same time that it is a privilege it is something i think that we in this space we with this these intentions are we are actively creating it. And it's something I think Mm -hmm. that we should take pride in the way, uh, in the, the, the structures that we've created around it. And I am just so, 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 so thrilled, um, that you've shared kind of the structure and the context that you're creating around how you do it in your own business and with your clients. Um, so my final question for you is just what's next for you. What are you excited about, um, that's coming up in your business or coming up in your life, um, that, that you'd love to share with us
0: Ooh, well one of the things that came out of my last community project um which is just fantastic is realizing that there is a real need for um that i'm creating i'm creating a new program which kind of comes before you're ready to do like a full community project of helping introverted shy people you know people who aren't comfortable with being visible um, actually start to build a network of their peers online. Um, I get a lot of people coming to me who are kind of just starting out um, on their business journey. And they're like, I don't know, how do I reach out to someone via Instagram without seeming like a bot? Or you know, right. how do I, I can't reply to someone's newsletter. That's just, Oh no. <laughs> and so I, I I want to uh, put, well, I'm putting together a, a beta version of a very kind of small intimate group program that will kind of guide people through, like, how to do it, how to find the people that they really want to connect with so they don't end up completely exhausted and how to build those relationships and maintain those relationships even when you are completely, you've had enough of people. Um, so that I'm really excited about. Um, I am... Also, really looking forward, I've got some amazing client projects coming up over, over the summer and, and into the autumn, which I am so excited about. I can't even tell you. <laughs> um, and also, I'm getting married in September. Oh, wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. So, um, so yeah, and, and mostly, you know, my time at the moment is just kind of taken up with reaching out to all these incredible people who found me through this project and having
1: amazing chats with fascinating people. And that is what kind of fills my heart up. That is amazing. Ellie Trier, thank you so much for sharing everything that you have about building uh, community projects and just like re-in- reinvigorating our belief in humanity. And, <laughs> and I think the power of the internet for actually exploring topics and ideas that matter. And I mean, that is just so huge. Thank you so much. Oh, it's been a huge pleasure. Thank you. Find out more about Ellie Trier at ellietriercommunities.com. If you value the deep dives we do with small business owners like you here on What Works, we would really appreciate if you left the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Go to explorewhatworks.com slash review. It'll take you straight there and you'll make my day. This episode was produced by Sean McMullen. It was edited by Marty Seafeld. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Find over 200 candid conversations with small business owners like Ellie at explorewhatworks.com.